Where is Paul George headed? What can the Cavs do to compete with the Warriors? Who will be better, Jason Tatum or Josh Jackson? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast slash Periscope Live show. As always on Sunday night, I am joined by Coach Dave, Dave Dufour. And um, as always, we are straining the limits of my computer as well, so we'll see how this goes. But anyway, Dave, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, and, you know, I don't know, should we do our usual typical banter in the beginning before we get into all the meat nitty gritty? Yeah, I don't know. How was Transformers? <laughs> oh, my God. I, I got to tell you, it was it was as bad as the critics gave it, 16%. And I'll tell you this really quickly. Uh, being a former screenwriter, um, there's so many ways they could have made it really cool and interesting and clever and all those things. And they totally just dropped the ball for us, uh, a, a salad of randomness that, like, I couldn't even figure that out. So, anyway, um, terribleness, horrible. Um I'm, I'm shocked, it, but if you have kids, you might like it. I'm shocked that a movie based around robots fighting King Arthur wasn't any good. Uh, I'm just, I'm just shocked. I'm embarrassed, really. They, they, you know what? They, they, it could. It, by the way, that was that. What you described sounds great. That's not what we got in the movie. So, at any rate, let's get into um, uh, Arthurian legend in another way, which is uh, the Paul George. Uh, scenario experience, I suppose. Uh, the dude wants to play in, in L.A. He, they said he's going to go to Los Angeles. He wants to sign there, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden, his, his agent drops a bomb the other day saying, you know what? We're not going to re-sign. You might as well just trade us anyway now. It sounds like it's what he said, right? Yeah, I mean, he definitely stole all the leverage from Indiana. Um, it, it was, you know, I mean, look, this is nothing new. We all knew that this was a thing. He's from there. He's from Palmdale, excuse me. Not L.A., but he's from Palmdale. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a, he's a Lakers fan growing up. He's a Kobe guy. He's, you know, like all the signs point to he wants to go to the Lakers. Um, his agent coming out and saying that to me, like to force Indiana to do this is not necessarily a bad thing for Indiana because it's better than losing him next summer and getting nothing. Mm-hmm. But you kind of steal a little bit of the leverage away. Like, I mean, does Boston want to give up Avery Bradley? you know, uh, Jason Tatum and Jay Crowder for Paul George, if he might leave next summer. I don't think so. Right. I don't think so and either. Yeah. So, so, you know, like, I don't know. Indiana was going to be in a tough spot one way or the other. Now, yeah. maybe they just get, you know, they get something at least. I mean, the, the one trade that has been on the table that we've been talking about back and forth all day is, uh, Paul George to Cleveland with um, Kevin Love going to Denver, and then I guess Fareed goes to Cleveland, and there's probably some other parts no, no, there. Fareed goes to Indiana. No, Fareed goes to Cleveland. So oh. the the tax, so it seems like the tax for getting Paul George for Cleveland would be to take Fareed, and so they'd actually have to send out salary that sort of matches. And so when you look at it, it looks like you'd have Gary Harris would be going to Indiana. I don't know what assets like. Maybe Juancho Hernan Gomez also goes to Indiana. Um, I would assume J.R. Smith and Amon Shumpert are included in this trade just because of the salary stuff. So I don't know what that trade does, but I have a theory. I think there's a chance that, that these leaks are coming out because Indiana is trying to put some pressure on the Lakers. I think they want the Lakers to up the ante. Right now, the Lakers have been offering Randall, 
Well, they were doing Randall, number 27 and 28, and that's Kyle Kuzma and, and Josh Hart um, wound up being number 30. But uh, that wasn't enough to get Paul George. They threw in Clarkson. Still wasn't enough. I think Indiana is trying to force the Lakers' hands and get them to add Ingram. Is it going to work? I hope not. I mean, if, if Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka are the smart people that we assume they are, they won't do that deal. They'll, they'll wait it out. Um, what do you think? Am, am, I, am I crazy? Am well, I, is this my NBA conspiracy theory? Uh, you know, that would be kind of crazy, um, certainly. Uh, I think that, but not, not out of the realm of possibility. I, I'm looking at it from Indiana's perspective. And if they are going to trade Paul George, and I know they don't have leverage here because he's going to leave anyway, you know, they're going to want a, a good player who's already established as a good player on the court that's going to be able to start. A good starter, right? A, off the bat. They're going to want a really good draft pick, right? At least a good, really good draft pick. Paul George's got a pedigree enough that they're going to that. Those are the two things they need to get at least. And probably another player or whatever, right, to throw in or something like that, right? That, 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 are, we, are we there? Yeah, I, right. I agree. So, so, you know, Gary Harris is not really that guy as far as I'm concerned. Like, that's why Jordan Clarkson is not that guy either. So, you know, Brandon Ingram would be that guy. And if I were them and I could trade, and I know Paul George is leaving, I would take Brandon Ingram. And if I were the Lakers, I would for sure do that because I don't know about Brandon Ingram. I like him. I've liked him for the whole time he's been there. But you know what? I would take Paul George already for those for the next in his prime for the next five, six years, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he's going to be he's about to turn 28. Um, you would think that until he's like 34, 35, he'll be a productive player. Yeah. Right. So seven years of that versus the complete unknown with Ingram. I'm with you. I mean, you don't really want to do that, but I'm with you. I mean, I think that it depends. I think getting that superstar, that first superstar is so important for a franchise. You know, if you get Paul George in the fold, first of all, you've got you've got options. You've got his bird rights. You can do a renegotiation and extension. You could just re-sign him this uh, during the summer. Um, so since you have his bird rights, you can go over the cap. You actually can clear out, you've got cap space. You can add a second star, then sign him, go over the cap. Once you've got that one star, it's much easier to attract the second one. Yeah. And I know so Paul if George, to get, if you're yeah, trying to ahead. get LeBron and you've already got Paul George, you're more likely to get LeBron. Uh, yeah, and by the way, I, I know Paul George a little bit. He's, he's a great guy and a guy and kind of a someone who they would, people would want to go play with. So he's a bit of an attraction. He's also a bit of a guy who can then recruit. You know, like Kobe toward the end, like no one wanted to play with him no matter what he would have said. You know, sometimes like guys like, like maybe Melo doesn't have that kind of attraction anymore. But like a guy like Paul George, it does feel to me like he could go to some guys and say, listen, let's set this up over here. Come to L.A., all these different things. Everyone's working out in L.A. anyway in the offseason as it is. So uh, I, I, I can follow that. I don't know if I'd put Paul George in the superstar category, but whatever. Um, He's a top way, 15 player in the league. And if you've got 450 players, I mean, you got to think the top 20 – are at least stars and top 15 is probably he's at least borderline yeah. superstar okay yeah i mean he's not a generational yeah he we might not be a generational that. talent yeah listen okay. i love him and it's funny because i had to get this weird argument on twitter earlier today where you know they're talking about um isaac who could kind of be in that sort of realm but his handle isn't very good i was like well for what it's worth paul george's handle was pretty bad the first couple of years in the league and this guy was like arguing with me about it 
And I'm like, I don't know. It's just a tangential Paul George anecdote. But nonetheless, like people, I guess, forgot. And maybe they watched some highlights from his rookie or, so, or second year where he looked good. But, like, even the highlights you see, he'll, like, fumble the ball first before he, like, gets a control of it and, like, hits a tough shot. So, at any rate, um, so let's get back to this deal. So, you know, it, it doesn't – it just seems like it's, it's way too fluid if, if what you're saying is for Reed and Paul George to Cleveland and then, like, Gary Harris to Indiana, you know, because Cleveland doesn't have any draft choices they can offer. Right. And, and so that's the weird part is, like, I assume most of the assets wind up coming from, from Denver. And I don't see them giving up Jamal Murray. Do they have I any – what other picks do they have? Uh, I mean, I'm, I think they own their pick for next year. Uh, I will pull it up. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's – look, I, I like Gary Harris a lot. I, I, I don't – I'm not saying he's better than Kevin Love or I'd rather have him over Kevin Love. But for what they do, you know, and how bad their defense is, I don't know if you can add Kevin Love and take away Gav- Gary Harris. Now, maybe they, they get in the mix for, um, you know, uh, Andre Robertson. Now, that would be interesting because he could cover up for some of the defensive uh, issues that they've got. He could play some small ball for. And so that is kind of a thing. You know, a lot of this we won't know until the trade happens and we see free agency. Right. You know, like so we're I mean, we're very, very early in our speculation here. But I I just think love and Jokic with Murray as your point guard. That is a recipe for disaster on defense. Oh, okay. I, I was actually thinking like you were going to say something good about offense, <laughs> um, because Love and Jokic and Murray on offense is um, is interesting. We would lose the Harris and Jokic connection that they that works so well, which is unfortunate. But I suppose they have other wings that can cut to the basket and uh, and receive those great passes. So uh, I don't know because it's like Denver is this is weird, definitely a weird situation, right? Where they they could be on the precipice of something really good, right? Well, okay. Yes. Um, they Right now, with what they've got, they are a super high-scoring team. By the way, I should say, um, friend of the show, James Hollis, is the one who brought up the Roberson idea. I totally stole that from him. Um, right. I'm only giving him credit because he's giving me a hard time. But, right, and, and let's get – it's friend of the breakdown. Let's, let's get that uh, it's trending. Yeah. Friend of, the, friend, of, friend of the breakdown. There you yeah. go. Hashtag friend of the breakdown. Um, but, uh, you know, what they do now is they score the ball really, really well. Of course, there's, you know, it's two parts to a basketball team. You got to have the defensive factor and they don't have that right now. I, w- I would love to see them get, I mean, I think Paul George would be fantastic in Denver. And, you know, like what I don't get is why do you need, if you're Denver and you're getting Kevin, I would rather have Paul George than Kevin Love and try to sell him on the idea of staying in Denver. Rather than two years of Kevin Love, give me the one year of Paul George. And, you know, if you believe in your organization, I'd rather try to sell Paul George on staying in what would be a winning environment. I mean, you add Paul George to that team, that's a that's a uh, that's a playoff team for sure. They just missed the playoffs this year. And he would kind of add something that they really, really need, which is a wing defender. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, look, they're not a bad basketball team, but I don't think that this makes them better. That's a great point, but what would make them better is if they cooked incredible home-cooked meals for themselves. And Blue Apron allows you to do just that. They deliver the highest quality ingredients you need to make great-tasting meals, all measured out in the exact quantities you need. This reduces food waste and makes cleanup a lot easier as well. 
Their menus are easy to follow, kind of like motion offense, and you'll be impressing everyone in your family in no time with dishes like chicken ramen with greens, soft-boiled egg, and miso broth. All of their meals cost less than 10 bucks per person, and it's a great bonding experience to tie on your apron with someone else, fire up some tunes in the Sonos, and make sweet music in the pan. Order now, and you'll get your first three meals free by visiting blueapron.com slash coachnick. Their meals are flexible and adjusted to your particular taste. So open up that browser, create a new tab, type in blueapron.com slash coachnick, and start enjoying Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I mean, I think the, the, one of the issues that Denver needs to do is, I think the Moutier is, is an experiment that doesn't, shouldn't be. He's gone. He got traded. Wait, when? Wait, oh, no, no, no. No, he didn't. That trade fell through. My bad. He was going to be traded with number 13 for Bledsoe. I, sorry. Oh, my God. You scared me. I, okay. I've got trades on the brand. Uh, right. But what but, wound but up that, happening? They got Trey Lyles. Oh, right. right. That, what was that trade? They got Trey that Lyles was, from Utah. Yep, and for number 13, and then Utah smartly took Donovan Mitchell, which if you go to my Twitter feed, there's a really beautiful video of his jump shot. God, it is amazing. Yeah, and I love what you said. What did you say? Uh, easy? Easy shot? What, did you, what was the oh, phrase you he used? Oh, shoots, he shoots an easy ball. An easy ball. I, I really it's, like that. Yeah, and It's you can so see it. smooth. Yeah, um, and, the, so, and, it, and the, by the way, the key to that, because I feel like you're looking at like what smooth and what does smooth mean, it's the tr- energy transfer from the time of the catch to the time of the release all the way through into the straightening of the legs and the jump. It's, that is the key. There's no hitch. There's no, Everything is fluid and movement so that the release and the, the wrist flick is just easy. You don't have to, you know, and he could probably back that up till 10 feet behind the line, it looked like. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a really, really nice jump shot. Um, but... Uh, wait, are we having some sound issues? Um, so apparently, so they made that trade. My thought was they're getting Trey Lyles. He might be the four of the future, although they, I think they really like Juancho Hernan Gomez, and I like him at the four over the three. So I, I don't know. I mean, bringing in Kevin Love, it, it, like offensively, it, it, it adds quite a bit. You know, you get another shooter out there. He's a good offensive rebounder. He's a fantastic passer. But the defensive stuff is just, to me, it's just too much to overcome. Yeah. So I don't really like that trade for Denver. Um, I like it for any team that adds Paul George. I think it's great. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it, I think there's 29 other teams that would love to have Paul George. Um, I still think that he winds up in L.A. I think L.A. winds up making a, a bigger offer. Um, the Celtics are uh, allegedly still in it. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't count out Miami. You know, that that might be a thing. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I and mean, the Spurs even won them, but they'd have to move Aldridge. And I don't know who's taking Aldridge. I mean, there were rumors that during the draft they were shopping him for a top 10 pick. But you and I both know, I mean, Aldridge is not that guy. Right. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because – uh, he, he fits in fine in, with the Spurs, and I thought he did. He did, thought he did well. I, I, th- I think he does well enough if they have a healthy Kawhi to do what they want to do and compete at least with the Warriors. Uh, so it's a little interesting. There might be obviously things behind the scenes we don't know about, which uh, is what caused them to want to try and move him because they're not usually that big players in the trade scenes. Even certainly not in the middle of the year. It's really, and I can't remember the last time they were like actively shopping like a good player like Aldridge. Right? Can do you? I mean, especially two years after signing him, yeah. he wants out. I, you know, I think to me, if you look at at the Aldridge situation, right? I mean, he left a great he left a great organization in Portland that wanted him back at a max because he wasn't the first guy, right? He wasn't the primary guy. 
You know, he's signed in San Antonio, and we've heard the rumors that he's wanted out for an entire year. Remember, we heard it last summer. And so what does it say about Aldridge if you want out of that environment, right? Like, because this is, I I mean, I'm sure the Spurs want to move him because he's not the player that they want him to be. But what does it say about Aldridge if you want out of San Antonio, where where people are taking pay cuts to go, taking pay cuts to stay? You know what I mean? Like, and I wonder if that taints his value around the league. Yeah, it might. I, it might. I mean, again, he's a he's a long two shooter uh, and a post up player in a way that uh, you know. Listen, anybody can squeeze a lot of value out of that. But at, at face value, when you get that first phone call, yeah, you're going. Your reaction's not going to be uh, ecstatic, you know, exuberance of like, oh, let's get him tomorrow. Let's do it. So right. uh, yeah, that's an interesting situation. And so I don't think that you know, it, it, it sounds bad in a way that it, it should. It didn't need to be bad. And I don't know if it's pop or whatever, because obviously something rubbed him the wrong way as well. It's not necessarily just like you know, Aldridge is a malcontent just to be a malcontent. Right. So um, I, I wonder what that book is. And of course, we'll never see that. That book because no one will ever report anything behind the scenes with the Spurs and what's going on and um, certainly not publicly maybe we'll have to go ask some people we know and find out what's really going on there but um, I mean the craziness so um, you know I, I don't know so by the way we this is a fantastic segues all the way around we've got we've covered like 10 different subjects all from one uh, now I guess the thing we could also talk about really quickly is does Paul George solve the Cavaliers issues um, you know, I think it helps, uh, but I, I think that it, it goes from like losing to the Warriors in five to like losing in six, you know, I mean, it, it, it doesn't completely solve the Warriors, you know, problem. They, they definitely would have more moves they'd have to make. Um, but it makes them, I mean, it makes them better. You're adding another top 15 player, but, um, I don't know if it does enough to kind of put them over the top. You know, what it really does to me, if you're the Cavs, is it kind of it leaves you really vulnerable, right? Like, what if you you get Paul George? He doesn't want to resign until the summer. You don't know if you're going to keep Paul George. You don't know if you're going to keep LeBron. I mean, it's going to be kind of a tricky situation for them if they do get Paul George, which is why I think that ultimately they they won't do the move and then watch watch them do the trade as soon as we're done with the podcast. Um, (laughs) But I just think it's such a risky proposition. And you know what we haven't even brought up? They're doing all this with no GM. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I was thinking about that today. I was like, gosh, who is doing all this? Is it Dan Gilbert himself calling people around? And I mean, it's a bad idea, to say the least. But I also just set you on fire on Twitter, by the way. So uh, you're welcome. Oh, um, oh great. But, uh, at any rate, uh, you know, it's, it's give the people what they want. Um, so, yeah. And by the way, I, I, again, like the notion that they, they lose in six versus five is, 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 could, be okay, could be accurate. Um, I'm not even sure it's enough. Uh, and I'm thinking that like a guy like J.R. Smith is the guy they have to upgrade. Um, you know, that's the position that's frustrating to me, even though people were on the, uh, getting up. The J.R. train pulled in the station on me and it was like, he's shooting awesome. He's amazing when he can do that, whatever. And I'm like, I know, but did you see what he was doing? On, he gave it all back and more on defense. And um, I, I just don't think you want a guy that's streaky. And then also is giving you back on defense. That's why I saw the Danny the Danny Green trade with maybe I don't know how they were going to do that. Like that was like okay. Now Danny Green puts them much farther along on a championship path to me than J.R. Smith does. I, I agree with you, and you know I, I hated the idea of that for the Spurs. First of all, Danny Green is only making ten million a year, and he is I mean he is 
an all defensive player in the NBA. Like he's he's definitely like a first team all defender, and he's a, a you know he's a good three point shooter. I know that the numbers have kind of been up and down and, and stuff like that the last couple seasons, but yeah. he's still a, a pretty good jump shooter. And, and now J.R. Smith though he like he wins you a lot of games by getting hot like that. But he's the first guy like he's a streaky shooter, but he's the first streaky defender I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. Um, apparently my audio is a little echoey. Um, but, uh, yeah, like he's the first streaky defender I've ever seen. And he really cost him quite a bit by falling asleep against the Warriors. I mean, it was, he was bad against the Celtics and you and I pointed this out and it was another one of those things where people were like, well, you know, they're going to, they're going to fix it in the, in the finals, but they just weren't fixable things. Like he, he was having some issues and, and especially coming on the heels of last year when they won the title and he was fantastic in the playoffs. I think that they thought that was who he was going to be going forward. And I don't know what happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know what happened. He doesn't. He, it's a, there's a spatial awareness issue on defense. There's a focus issue on defense, and um, you know those things come back to haunt you against teams that really move really well. So um, that certainly is one thing. And then you know, by the way, I just adjusted Dave's audio. I'm wondering if that solved any issues with the echo. So let us know. Um, we are dealing with. I, I added the new audio thing uh, before we started the show, so that makes sense. He's a little hot or a little whatever, but anyway. Um, so yeah, so that that to me is like you know you just need less erraticism if that's the word, less erraticness, more um, you know consistency, and that's why right. like Danny Green would be perfect for that, and he's got a championship pedigree, like you said. So um, yeah, and, so that, and while while yeah. it might be a lower peak, right? Like the ceiling might be lower. But the floor is much higher because, like, that's the thing about J.R. Smith is, like, you know, you know, Hennessy is possible, right? Like, he could he could drop – what did he do? What was it, seven out of eight in that in that one game from three? Yeah. You know, he just freaking exploded. But then he was, like, you know, one of 40 the rest of the series. And, and that, that kills you. That's a killer for a team that's competing for a title. Yeah. And, and again, the question also is, is like, what are they going to do? Like, what do you do about your transition defense? What does a professional team do? And we talked about this a lot. I might want to get into it too much. But again, like, you know, unless it was Byron Scott coaching the, coaching the team, like they're not doing sprints. They're not going to be doing like transition drills to pick up guys on defense. So it's, I don't think, I, I mean, maybe they would, but I just would be shocked. I mean, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen any other NBA teams do that, really like do any kind of significant, uh, you know, getting back in transition defensive drills in the season. I, I can't picture in my mind's eye that happening ever. So, um, you know, it, it, crazy. Yeah, you know, I think you have to start like this summer. Like Paul George would solve a lot of these defensive issues because Paul George is going to bring it defensive. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's another guy to throw at KD and, and that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he can switch, he can guard one through four. Um, he, he or LeBron is going to be the nominal four for whatever that means. I mean, it, the way that they play, it doesn't even matter. Um, he would, he would obviously be a good fit. I just don't, I just don't know if that trade makes sense from a risk standpoint, just cause you could possibly lose them both next summer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by the way, like and Paul George going to Denver, like to me just means he's going to LA the next year. Like he's just right. not going to stay in Denver no matter what. And, you know, I mean, unless they want a title. <laughs> so um, that's that's why I feel like that that would be a mistake by Denver anyway. If they're going to they would try and do that. But it doesn't sound like they would because they're now they're they're the third team involved to try and get other players. So, um, you know, I, I don't I just don't see Paul George. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's weird. Can you see him? Oh, OK. If they go to the finals with Cleveland, say he goes there, then he stays there. Right. 
I, you have to assume that. But look, it, look, they're going to go to the finals anyway. It, you think LeBron is going to stay, no if matter what? Even if they win a championship, will he will he stay? Does he want to stay? Oh my God! If they win a championship, he wouldn't he he wouldn't get out of town alive if he left. I don't know about that, man. I think look, the the firing of David Griffin. You know, a lot of people have brought this up already. I, this is not like a, some new idea that I had, but the firing of David Griffin kind of helps him out quite a bit as far as the narrative goes. Like Dan Gilbert doesn't look like a kind of guy that's doing everything he can to keep LeBron happy to keep, you know what I mean? To keep him from, from leaving Um, the monkeys off his back. Like he won a championship there in Cleveland. I I think that I I don't think you'd get this thing where LeBron is some sort of villain. If he leaves, I mean, yeah, it, it would be hard for him to leave if they won. I understand that it's hard to leave a winner, but at the same time, I don't know. Uh, I, I think I think that I, like I'm looking at it as a 50-50 proposition. This is assuming that they're that they're not winning the title next year. Okay, so uh, now now we're gonna burn it down with some rumors or not some rumors, some like conspiracy theories here because you know does this reflect on LeBron like that they don't want him? Is that the idea? Like they don't care if he stays and they're not gonna do everything they can to keep him. And if that's the case, why, you know, um, is that know. related to why they were so bad on transition defense? <laughs> no, no. I Look, man, like they don't they don't get to the to the finals three years in a row without LeBron. Um, I, you know, that's not all on him. No, really I know. But 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 by the way, the part of my point was, you know, clearly they didn't work on it. And any normal coach, you would think, seeing that they were so bad in January at this, at like defense in general and in transition defense, would be working on it. And why wouldn't they be working on it? It's because, well, sometimes the players say, well, I don't, we don't, we're not going to do that. I don't know. I mean, I'm, again, I, I don't want to alienate. I, I love LeBron. I really do like the way he plays. Um, I just get, I wonder if, you know, I think he's proving that you really couldn't be a player coach if you wanted to be, if he, if he indeed was. Couldn't do it in this day and age. But nonetheless, uh, I don't know. It's a very curious situation. And I suppose I haven't finished reading Windhorse's book and McMenamin's book about last year. But um, I suppose if I did, I, I think you read it, right? No, I haven't read it yet. I was I've talking to somebody it, who read it. it. Um, and oh. I think it's illuminating that there is still this big uh, back and forth and a, and a big uh, – it, it, things were not put to bed when LeBron came back, it sounds like. Well, I mean, you know, the, the story that, that he told on the uh, – the undisputed, uh, the little video thing that he did in the uh, in the barbershop, right? Okay. Um, was that his family wasn't happy that he was going back. And then the other story that came out around the same time was that when he was going back, he was actually trying to get the Pistons ownership group and the Cavaliers ownership group to, to trade. Yeah. Now, I've heard sources say that LeBron, there's a wink-wink deal on a part of, ownership of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And that was part of the deal when he came back. Okay. Now, I don't know, I don't know how, how real it is. I don't know if that's true or not, but it makes a lot of sense. We know LeBron wants to be an owner. Um, that's the one thing I think could keep him in Cleveland. Okay. And, and by the way, that, that, that's perfectly there, reasonable. Yeah, I can right. see that. Now, then again, and, if he becomes part owner, I, I, then he would uh, – Dan Gilbert would be uh, a little bit concerned. I, I, who knows? He'd probably try and take over, right? He would probably want to be full owner of the team, right? That, that's what he wants. He doesn't want to own 5% of a team, right? Right. So that, that's the thing. Like you bring the wolf into the into – the, where do you bring the wolf in? 
Uh, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. When you, into, you, you, <laughs> into the hen house? Up. Yes. And there now, you, you know, as Dan Gilbert would be the hen or something. But nonetheless, um, I, that's why I don't think they, that Gilbert would want to do that. You know, but then again, I guess anything to get that, that championship and to get him back. So, um, yeah, I need to Look, hit the I mean, it would be machine. hard. I'm sorry. Like, if, if you and I decided we were going to stop, po- like, if I was like, you know what, Nick, you and I are going to stop podcasting. And you wrote a letter in Comic Sans. I mean, of all the fonts, you know, Comic Sans. Of all the comics, of all the fonts it, in the world and the gin joints, yes. Uh, that's I, right. I, and, and it would be hard for me to come back after that. Like, you know, like that, that would be, I don't know, that, that letter really rubbed, I, I think it rubbed everyone the wrong way. I know. And LeBron's a bigger man than I am to be able to go back. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, then again, it was, um, ugh, I don't want to shit on LeBron. Now you're making me shit on LeBron all, all night. Well, there's nothing to shit on him about. The guy's, he's the most thoughtful and intelligent athlete in the NBA. Okay, but... I mean, the, the whole notion of him going home, I think, was kind of untrue. I think he knew that they were going to get Kevin Love and they had Kyrie, and, and, it, and that was what they were orchestrating to go back there. If it was right. another team that he could orchestrate to like, get the guys he wanted, then he'd go, he would have gone there. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a better situation, but I, I, don't, think that, I don't think LeBron was going to leave Miami for anywhere but Cleveland. Oh, uh, okay. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold. I, I feel like if LeBron had a chance to build, like, to find, you know, the Kev, Kev, him and Kevin Love and was with another star like they, somewhere else, I think, think he would have. But I guess the entree was already there because of what was whatever. So, right. I guess. Well, I mean, anyway. You know, there, there is that. Uh, this is, man, we are going to have to do one of the conspiracy. We're going to have to do like a weekly conspiracy episode. Yeah. But, you know, there's the conspiracy. He went to Miami so that the, the Cavs could tank and get assets <laughs> so he could come back. And have a good team. I mean, wow. if you look at it, like these teams the last three years are way better than the ones he had the first seven right. years of his career. Oh, yeah. It, well, yeah. Him. but And also two number ones in a row. Right. Which the odds of that are well, so astronomical that that would feed into any kind of conspiracy, obviously. Uh, yeah, we have to do one of those. In fact, everybody, hey, sports fans, we are going to go to five days a week is what our plan is starting tomorrow, starting today. Yeah. We we've got so much to cover. We're gonna be we're gonna be breaking down. We're gonna do free agency previews for every team. Where we're gonna talk about who they should target, um, what their real needs are. You know how like how their team is shaping up for next year. Who's tanking, right? Like who's gonna who you know who we who we think is gonna be bad. Who we think could be you know go from maybe like a borderline eight seed to like a six seed or a fifth seed by, by signing one guy. So we'll be doing that over the next couple of weeks before free agency on the 6th. And then during Summer League, we're going to be going live every night, kind of giving a recap, talking about how, uh, how all these young guys look that we just spent all this time going over on the draft. And if you guys haven't, go back and listen to our draft podcast because we, really, we broke down every – we broke down all of the first round and, and – and really unpacked it. And Adam Stanko, I, I felt like, added such a great perspective being a college guy. And we were just going from the NBA guy, uh, side. So uh, it was a really good podcast, a lot of fun. I've actually listened to it twice because Adam dropped some, some great information. I wanted to make sure that I stole it. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, so we're going to do, I think the plan is once a week as a three-man with, with Adam and me and Dave. And then we'll do uh, Dave and I three days. And then I'll have another guest on uh, the other day of the week. So uh, that will be the plan. And we're going to rock and roll that. So make sure you don't miss that. Uh, should we try and grab some questions while we're here in the Periscope? Uh, yeah. I think that that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, you who's, know, our fa- who's your favorite undrafted player, Nick? 
That's from uh, good friend Ron Koff. Ron Koff. Of the program. Oh, my goodness. My favorite undrafted player. Jeez, Louise. I don't – do you have one? I think it was Boucher. You know – I need I mean, to go. I seems, need to rack my brains because I was so focused on the, all the top twenty. Who was getting drafted, right? That I would like, I, you know. I like Boucher. I mean, you know, he's he's a to me. That's like where the league's going. You know, uh, he's a five that can shoot threes, block shots, and he got signed by the Warriors, right? Like the rich got richer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How many years did he play in college? Do you know? Uh, I don't remember. I think he. I think he was a four-year player. Okay. Um, we got uh, B. Jesus asked, "Where does Blake go?" Where do you like – all right, if Blake leaves the Clippers, which I don't know if he's going to, but where do you think, where do you think he goes? Um, I think that he goes uh, to OKC. Now, is that just because of the Oklahoma connection? Uh, yeah. Well, that's okay. a big they part of it. Now, they and have to move quite a bit of – They do? Money. Yeah, they're, they're totally capped out. How? <laughs> I think Sam Presti's asking the same thing. Remember they 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 extended Adams and Oladipo and Cantor's making a ton of money. So they have to move some stuff. Yeah, they got to move. They got to do something cuz that team shouldn't be it's capped out with what they cause, right cuz their 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 ceiling is so low, not so low, but it's low enough. They you know, if you're like a if you if you're fit to get in the conference finals, right? Or you made the second round whatever and had a big push, then okay, but not when you're, you know, not when you can't get out of the first round. That, 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 they need to fix that. I, Canner must be the guy to go. So anyway, yeah. Blake, Blake seems to be the natural thing. And I think Blake would probably work pretty well with, with Russ. I think that would be an, a pretty good combo if Blake is healthy. Uh, where else would he go? I think, I think Miami is a definite option. Um, I, I think he, he could be interesting in Denver. But again, you've got, like, you've got kind of the same defensive issues with Love. Not as bad as with Love, but like similar. Um, yeah, it's so, bad. It's bad. It's, it's bad, not. but but not as bad. But I think Miami is is to me is the the one that that uh, would come after him. All right. Um, well, you know, well, here, can we answer a question from Snotty? Is that like is that too incestuous? Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, J- James Hollis. All right. Better friend, pro. Friend of the breakdown. Better pro colon Tatum or Jackson? Oh, I think Jackson. Which Jackson? We're talking about Josh or Josh Jason? Because I was in this conversation on Twitter, and all of a sudden they dropped J. Uh, I'm uh, sorry, Justin. not Josh, Jason, Justin. Justin. And I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. Anyway, so Josh, you think so? You think Josh Jackson is gonna be better than Tatum? Yeah, I think Josh Jackson. Again, Josh Jackson is where the league is going, right? He he can guard two through four. Um, yeah. I think he will shoot threes in the league. Once he gets with a shot coach, he'll take out that weird. Yeah. He's got like an outward dip instead of a down dip, and that'll yeah. that'll make his shot more consistent. He can handle the ball. He can make plays. He's a decent passer. He's not going to be like your point forward, but he could be a nice secondary playmaker. Um, yeah, I think Josh Jackson is going to be fantastic. Man. Okay, because here's the problem. They're both fighting history here because when's the last time a Duke player came out and like really hit it? And when's the last time a Kansas player came out and really fulfilled? I mean, I, I don't think Wiggins really has gotten there yet. So I almost feel like both of these programs have traditionally had uh, guys who have sort of underachieved in the NBA. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, but you know, like honestly, like I don't colleges don't don't matter. You know, they they don't develop anyone. They just recruit them. Uh, even like Coach Cal, like he he recruits really well, but right. he's not developing any of these guys. I mean, Darren Fox didn't get any better by going to Kentucky. 
Malik Monk didn't get any better. As a matter of fact, I could argue that a lot of these guys are held back a year of development by going to places like Kentucky. Like Devin Booker, look at his game off the dribble. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't show any of that at Kentucky. Oh, listen, Carl Anthony Towns wasn't shooting jump shots. You know, like it, it's to me, like, I would rather see these guys just go to the league. And you and I, you know, this is old news. We've talked about this quite a bit. So I, I don't, I don't really care that he went to Duke. I don't care that he went to Kansas. I'm looking at what, like, I've watched the tape. I think, I think Josh Jackson is is going to be a legit player in the NBA. I mean, like he's got an NBA ready body, and that matters so much for a guy who's a rookie. Um, like he's going to be ready to play day one, and he's in Phoenix where he's probably going to get a chance. Right. right. Yeah. I, I, and Tatum, I think, has an NBA body, and he, you know, he could be a Tobias Harris kind of guy and uh, and do well. But uh, again, is he going to get any playing time? Or he certainly won't get as much playing time as uh, as Jackson will. So that's going to be a big deal, no matter what, if you want to try and compare them. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, is Boston going to do anything now? Are they going to make a move besides the flopping the picks? I don't know. I don't know. Danny Ainge, man, it's hard to tell. Right. I mean, like, he didn't make that move before the draft, and he, j- he drafted Jason Tatum. So I don't know what he's going to do, man. Kick the can down the road. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, someone wants to, to argue with you about Coach Cal and what he does. Uh, let me just tell you right now, no. They, they, they would much sooner recruit a better shooter than help their point guard who can't shoot, shoot better. Uh, it's really uh, – uh, and, and then also hide behind the, the, the uh, excuse, oh, they're only here for one year. Like, I, I, we, we, I don't know. There, there's the Pulitzer to be won uh, in, in, in covering the college basketball in the correct way. One day someone needs to do it. But, yes, it's not easy, right? NCAA is a scam. It uh, is. Certainly from the development process and the coaching of that, it's just uh, it needs to be separated. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do we, uh, we're kind of getting there. Should we, should we try and do one more question or uh? – um, yeah, can can Boston to do anything to beat the Cavs led by Isaiah Thomas? Oh wow, great question. Um, I, I, yeah, I think that there's scenarios. That, when you say led by Isaiah, does that mean Isaiah starting? Um, I don't know. I think maybe. I mean, obviously they upgraded somewhere else, but you know, if they kept the team as it is, no, not a chance. But. Um, yeah, I think there's a way you can have a guy like Isaiah and, and, and compete, right? I mean, they obviously did it this year. You know, I mean, they, they, they had went to game five of the Eastern Conference Finals. Not that that was a competitive series, but, I mean, they did it. I think Jalen Brown is kind of the key to this whole thing. And people are probably tired of hearing me talk about Jalen Brown. Um, but I think Jalen Brown is going to be a good player. And, and he is, again, just like Josh Jackson, that's, that's where the NBA is going. I mean, this is a wing league. And he's another guy. He can guard one through four. He can shoot. He can, you know, he can create off the dribble. Um, he's a good passer, and he and he fits in well with what they're trying to do on offense. Like he's a good ball mover. He's he's not he's not clogging up the lane, and um, you know he's he's a good cutter. I think if he continues to develop and he's better next year, then they might be able to. But I mean, honestly, like the Cavs are going to be the overwhelming favorite to come out of the East. Right, I, I agree, and you know what. I think we're the overwhelming favorites to win the week uh, going forward with the podcast, don't you think? I, I agree. Yeah, we are going to destroy everybody in our path uh, as we go into the summer. And by the way, it'll be fun. I, I didn't even picture the, the, the summer league, you know, being able to do these live together. Uh, that'll be really fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. And, and I'm assuming we'll just go every night. Well, we're sleeping in the same room. That's right. So we can do uh, bedtime stories from Coach. We were supposed to tell everyone that. 
Oh well, you know they're going to find that's out eventually. That's Something will leak. Some some picture will leak. The leakers. Um, anyway, Dave, terrific podcast. Again, I, I can't get over how smoothly we segued from all these different things. and They're all interconnected. The world has an energy that's connecting everyone. Go hug a tree to find that out, I guess, if you need to. Um, or, or hug your favorite uh, NBA arena. Maybe you'll feel that way, too. So um, that's it. anything else we got to shout out for you, Dave, this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you haven't checked out my podcast, make sure you check it out on the NBA with Coach Dave. Uh, I will also be going five days a week, uh, focusing on some, some different things than, than what we talk about here and, uh, and having different people on. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Beautiful. I'll, I'll, right, be, well, I'll be talking a lot. Yes. Keep your, keep your voice, uh, you yeah, know, intact. Yeah, so we will save some more of it right now by saying, don't forget sports fans at B-Ball Breakdown. We're not a channel. We're a conversation. You win. Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am. <laughs>